Cultivation, Cultivation with Kevy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cultivation with Kevy. I'm your host, Kevy the Dreamer. And today we are joined by a very special guest. This is a very special episode. This is actually the season two finale. And my vision for this episode is basically, I just want to go over some lessons that I've learned. As you guys know, if you've been listening since season one, I do have episodes where I love to reflect. And what better guest than my cousin here, who is actually the very first guest who has been on here twice. I'm joined by Raymond Cousins. You know him from Get Right with Ray. And we are just going to chop it up today. And we're just going to talk about different lessons that we've learned and just really get deep today and just really do some healing. So I hope you're ready. Thank you for having me on Cultivation with Kevy. You know, it's it's an honor to be on the mic of this podcast. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Well, as you know, I've been a little bit down lately and I don't care to be vulnerable I've just been a little bit down this week because, as you know, there is an event that I really wanted to go to, actually, that was today. I guess I just want to start off with saying that probably a lesson that's been really important for me, it's a little bit cliche, but everything does happen for a reason. And sometimes that's really hard for us to accept. We are believers. And as believers, we know that God knows best. We know that God Everything that happens is the way that it's supposed to be. And when things don't work out the way that we plan them, that means that something better is coming and God's will is perfect. And God's will, more than likely, most of the time, does not align with how we picture things to go. And I just say all that to say that sometimes you just have to accept what is and you just have to kind of move on. But I guess nobody ever talks about how do you move on? How do you keep it moving? How do you let go? Especially when you really have a strong vision for what it is that you want. It's been really hard for me to kind of move on from the vision that I've had in my head about what I really envision, what I really want for my life. And this was an event that I really just wanted to be a part of. I really was excited about the possibilities, but If it's meant to be, then it'll happen and there will be another opportunity. But what are your thoughts on that? I know I kind of spit a lot out there all at once. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing with us where where you stand, Um, especially when you are on this platform. It's probably hard to stray away from anything but positivity. But I think this is a perfect platform to let everyone know that you are human and it is okay to be vulnerable and you never know who you're going to reach or who you're going to help um, heal in your, in your journey. So thank you for being transparent. You are a child of faith. You are a child of God. So you brought up a very, very good point. You know, everything works for the greater of God's will, right? Everything happens for a reason. Uh, When we have a vision, I do believe that God puts that vision in us. He does not put dreams, goals, aspirations, or anything within us just to tease us or to taunt us or to haunt us or to tease us. He puts in our heart, in our minds, because I do believe he wants us to fulfill that purpose. Now, it's the journey. It's the journey that we are not 100% set on, right? So you wanted to go to this event, right? And you had a specific reason that you wanted to go to the event, but it just so happened you were not able to go. And so your thought process is probably like, oh my goodness, 
why this this was a goal. I wanted to meet this person. I wanted to go to this event. Why was I not able to go? So rightfully so, or naturally, you're, you start questioning. Why was I not able to be present? You know, the shoulda, coulda, woulda start to come to mind, right? But I do believe in, like you said, like it's cliche, like everything happens for a reason. And that's the truth. It's cliche, but it's the truth. And that's what, that might be why it's cliche. I feel that whether it is a lesson that you were to learn from that, and sometimes we don't know in that moment what that is. Like we could be walking down the street two weeks later and then it's like, oh my goodness, this reminds me of when I was supposed to be at an event at a specific time. And now it comes to mind why I was not there. Thank you, God, right? Or it was a protection from something. If you wanted to be there, but maybe something was going on in the city or state that you were going in, especially with the time that we're living in now, maybe you were not supposed to be there. Maybe you were going to be there at the time that some some chaotic situation was happening that God was protecting you from, right? Or maybe you were going to the event and just because you were going to see that person, you were going to go to that event, that wasn't going to serve what you wanted to do. Maybe if you went to the event, you would have seen that person, but maybe you wouldn't have been able to speak with that person. So in that instance, what was the purpose of going? And I think it's easy when something, you know, is impressed in our heart and impressed in our mind. And we think of ways that we can achieve this one goal or achieve all of these goals. And it doesn't go the way that we want it to. I think that we think that it's, we're at our wit's end. But that's not true because if we were at our wit's end, we wouldn't be here in our 30s, right? Every day that we are given is an opportunity to achieve our goal. Every day that's given to us is an opportunity to reach a milestone or get closer to a milestone that we want to reach. And if that was not God's purpose, he would have brought us home to him much, much sooner than what he has planned. Well, you you actually had a lot of great points. Um, What really sticks out to me is this is something that I've heard. I don't know if it was said to me or if this is something that I created in my mind, but rejection is God's protection. Mm. And definitely you never know what the reason is behind the scenes that you can't be a part of something. You don't know what it is that's going on. You don't know what you're being protected from. You know, I hate to use this as an example, but let's think of 9-11. There may be people that missed their flight and they were bugging out because of that, but think about what they were being protected from. So you, you never know what is going on behind the scenes and you really do have to learn how to trust and to let go. And I think that's the hard part. It is for me, at least, is letting go, finding peace in it and just understanding and realizing and accepting that God's will is what should triumph. And maybe it's not even necessarily rejection. Maybe it's just not, not yet. Maybe it's just, this isn't happening yet. Cause like you said, maybe I would have been a part of an event and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been laid out the way that I envisioned it. I wouldn't have been able to make the connections or have the experience that I wanted to have So maybe there will be another experience in the future that'll more align with what I am hoping to experience. You just have to trust it. And that's the hard part is trusting and letting go gracefully, gracefully relinquishing it. And I do, you know, sometimes I try to pray this. I try to say, 
God, please allow me to gracefully relinquish what is not mine, what is not for me and who is not for me. I don't want to hold on to anything that's not mine. I don't want to be caught up in anything that's not for me. I don't want to be stuck on somebody that's not my destiny. I don't want to be caught up in situations that are not a part of my purpose. And I think the key is finding peace in it and moving on from it gracefully. Yes. I believe that that prayer, it's a very good prayer, but it's also a hard prayer. You know, I think when we, when something comes to mind, whether it's a person, place or thing, any type of noun, when they have interest in our mind and our hearts, that's a hard prayer to pray. Like we, we want to believe that everything that we are interested in and anyone who we're interested in is part of God's plan for us. And that's not always the case, right? I'll be transparent as well. Like I think with, when people come into my life, I always, I think that they're going to stay forever. I've been people that have exited my life and not want any like ill will, but it's, we are definitely not in great communication like we used to be, you know, and um, some people will say the out of sight, out of mind, which is still a hard lesson for me to grasp, but everything has its season. So I think when you are invested in something, you don't want to believe that it's only going to last for a season, but because it feels like a lifetime that you've been trying to accomplish this goal or to reach this person. But that prayer, I believe, keep, keep praying that prayer and what is supposed to fall off will fall off and it won't be any issue to you. It won't be, there won't be any sadness. There won't be any anger. There won't be any animosity, but the dead leaves have to fall so you can keep growing. You don't want to hold on to something that, you know, might be holding you back. You don't want to become stagnant and, you know, you never know what could possibly be holding you from your dream or from your destiny. Well, it's like Tyler Perry says, he places people in his life under categories. He thinks about it as a tree. You have the leaves, you have the branches, and you have the roots. And you have, you know, the leaves come and go every season. You know, this is the perfect time to use this description. It's fall. The season is changing. It's it's getting cold out. You know, it's the leaves are falling. The season is changing. The atmosphere is changing. And Things are coming and going. Things that were here before are are falling to the wayside. And there are people that are like that. There are people that are just here for a season. There are people that are just here momentarily. And like you said, it doesn't have to be any ill will. It's just they're not supposed to be here for long. Mm-hmm. Then you have your branches who the branches, I guess, are people that they stay a little bit longer, but they're not they're not for a lifetime. Whereas your roots are the people that are here forever. The roots are your foundation. They're the people that are, they've been with you through thick and thin. They've seen you at your worst. They, they have wisdom and insight to give to you. They love you for who you are. They're not fleeting. They're not just here for a reason. And then that reason, you know, is fulfilled and then they're out. I think that's a great, talking point. I think that's another lesson that we can talk about is people, you know, growing pains, losing people, us being 30 something year olds. A lot of people talk about having relationships and 
the breaking up of relationships, but what about the breaking up of friendships? You know, that is just as difficult, if not more difficult than losing a relationship because it is a relationship. And there are some friendships that, well, I would probably say most friendships, you don't, you don't intend on losing them. You don't intend on when you don't go into a friendship and thinking, well, this is only going to last so long. You think that that's going to be your friend forever in life, especially I'll say for, for people like you and me, people who we do, we go with the flow and we are goal oriented and we are goal setting and we, we do embrace change. There are some people who aren't like that. There are some people who they're kind of in the same space that they were in in high school or even younger. And not that, that I'm knocking those people, but I feel like if you're in the same space for more than 10 years, where have you been? What have you been doing? Are you growing? You lose friendships in life. And it's, it's nothing like, it doesn't always have to be a falling out. It doesn't always have to be something negative. Sometimes it's just outgrowing them. Sometimes it's just growing pains. And that's a hard part of life that I think we all probably go through. And I think that we all struggle with. And I think that's another lesson in life that we just try to navigate through and just try to make sense of. And it's just some, one of those, it's just one of those instances where you just also have to keep moving. You got to keep going. You take the memories that you have from that person and you just, you keep going. You know, it's almost like grieving. It's almost like grieving a live person, losing them, mentally versus physically, I guess. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, grieving, losing them mentally rather than physically, you know, friendships are very important. Um, like as relationships there, and like you said, like sometimes even more because there's, there's that commitment. There's a commitment that friendship has that I think that relationships don't have, like, even though relationships are of course, like more intimate, but I do think that there's something that's a little bit, more geared for friendships that are stronger than what a physical relationship would be, right? Um, it's not easy losing someone, losing a friend that you spent time with, that you uh, become routine to hanging out with and sharing your memories and sharing your thoughts and whatever that friendship entails. Personally, it's not, it's not a great feeling. Uh, the grieving process of losing a friend uh, mentally is very, very, very daunting, you question what happened. Why are we not close anymore? What what did I do? I think that we try to we try to save the the friendship by putting the blame on us and thinking that we can fix the situation when there might not be anything wrong with either one of the people. It just so happens just where they are in life and where you are in life are no longer synonymous. And it doesn't mean that one is progressing more than the other or more one is regressing more than the other. It's just where you are at in life at that current moment. They're no longer synonymous. So therefore, you all are not going to speak as often. You are not going to communicate as often. But because of the nature of our beings, I think when we think that something is coming to an end, that it's automatically an issue or a beef. Now, do not get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. There are some fraudulent people out there that just be cutting off friendships for no reason. And you know who you are. <laughs> but um, no, but I do think that friendships sometimes end on a, on a clean slate. But I think it's, I'll go out on a limb. Like we're, we're emotional people, right? So 
and I'll speak for myself. I, in, in this realm, I'm very sensitive. So like, I love everyone who is in my life. So if I feel that something is wrong or if like, you know, when I've had a couple of friendships ended, like, I mean, that was very devastating. I thought that it was me. Um, one in particular, I was like, oh my gosh, like, well, I remember when I said this. And I remember when I said that. And I remember when I did this. And I remember when I did that. And it was like hindsight. That's just something that you said or that you did that was, that popped off in your head. You know, that wasn't like a significant quote or significant act that you were doing to warrant an ending of the friendship. It just happened. That process, like it it takes a very, very long time when you are healing from grieving that person, grieving the ending of that friendship. But, but it is important to heal because you don't want to stay and you were, you were saying earlier about staying in the same space and, and in this realm, you don't want to stay in the same space, headspace of grieving that person and wondering what happened to this person? What happened to this friendship? How could I have made this better? What could I have done differently? You know, you, you have to heal that part knowing that you did all that you could as a friend in that friendship and it just did not work. And I say just lightly because I just sometimes can be taken as if you were, you know, supposed to accept something for just what it is. And that's not, that's not the case. But what I am saying is like you, you want to get to a place of healing, knowing that you did everything that you could to save her or to, you know, if there were issues that arose, that you did anything to rectify the situation, to help the situation, to heal the situation. And it's just, it just is no longer there. And I think another great point is healing, healing yourself, healing from past experiences, transgressions, your childhood. I am 100% an advocate for therapy. I think that therapy should be something that everybody seeks. Now, some people, I can understand being afraid of therapy and I'm, I'm not judging, but I think that everybody in life I think that once you're here for a certain amount of time, you're going to endure some type of trauma. You're going to endure some type of traumatic event that was not your fault, that your body's going to acclimate as a response to. And I think that usually your body's response is not healthy. It just kind of is like a survival mechanism and learning what your body was adapting to in survival mode is difficult. And I just think that healing is something that's necessary. I think that if you want to grow in life and you want to be the best that you want to be, you do have to come to a point where you understand that you can't put yourself down anymore. And you can't like, for example, for me, like I was okay with being selfless to a detriment. Like I was okay with, with being like, you know, they deserve it and being happy for everybody else. And celebrating everybody else. And that's fine. But what about yourself? What, when is it going to be, you deserve it? When is it going to be, when are your dreams and, and your victories? When are, when is that going to be okay? So I just believe that we all deserve happiness. We all deserve, we all deserve love. We all deserve our dreams and we are all saved by grace and when you just tap into that, I guess that space and that, that realm, I guess when you get to that level, it becomes more of 
just wanting to be a good person and wanting to be there for everybody else. You also have to be there for yourself. So I definitely feel like I've always said this again. I don't know if I heard it or if I made it up, but healing is not easy. If it were, everyone would be doing Mm. it. So I'm definitely in the process of healing my life. I've been through some craziness and we all have, and it's not, you know, like it's not a contest of who's the most fucked up, but I just think that we, we need to unpack and unravel what we've been through and we need to address it so that we can grow and go forward. And I think that that is something that everybody should do so that we could be better. I don't know if that, that kind of went in a a lot of different directions, but my point is healing, I guess. Yes. So that's, those are very great topic points. Uh, I want to start with healing and therapy. Healing is so, 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 so important. And one, one thing that I do battle with is, you know, everyone, it's like spoken to us that we are not supposed to look in, like, don't look in the past, always look ahead, always look ahead. But I also think when we don't look at the past, when we just look, you know, we are very optimistic. We are, you know, oh, just positivity, everything. I think that that is only putting a Band-Aid on our past. We're putting a Band-Aid on what's behind us. And then we go forward and we are reminded of something from the past that we have not healed. It immediately rips off the bandage and it throws out any piece or any type of healing or healing with a saran wrap that we thought was happening because we didn't deal with it, right? I'm also a huge advocate of therapy. I've been in therapy and I still talk to my therapist from time to time. I've not been um, to a full session in, um, in a, quite a while, but I still am in contact with my therapist. I remember, I remember when I first started feeling at my, I don't even know um, what it was. And for the sake of privacy, I won't mention any names of the person who made me realize or opened up to me about me not being okay. And she's very, very near and dear to my heart. And I was home for the holidays and for the holidays, as you know, like it's almost like an indirect impromptu class reunion for like the day before Thanksgiving and, you know, a couple of days before Christmas. And it was December 23rd of 2017. I'll never forget that day. And my friend just had a baby and we went to her house and I was so happy for her. I was so happy for her. And I was holding that baby. I was just there. It was like, I was just going through the motions. I was going through the motions. So the mother, she was, she's like, Ray, oh my gosh, like you're being so quiet. You're being so quiet. And I then like, I drew up even more because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like someone else is realizing that something is going on with me because I didn't even realize something was going on with me because I was always that person. I was always happy. Like, oh my gosh, like everything is cupcakes and cheat cakes with whipped icing and sprinkles and everything is just a chocolate malt and a chocolate milkshake and everything is, you know, strawberry shortcake. Everything was good. I had two emotions that I outwardly shown was very, very happy, or if I was angry and I was being combative, so I was being mouthy. That's the only two sides that people ever saw of me, right? No one had really seen until, you know, recently even, 
my emotional side, my upsetness, my, oh, this isn't working for me. Or like, oh my goodness, that hurt my feelings. That didn't come until recently because I always thought it was wrong. I always thought it was wrong to outwardly express when you're feeling like shit, (laughs) so to speak. It was fine for everybody else. I did not think it was wrong for anyone else to do it, but I thought that there was something wrong with me in doing that. So then when she came to me and she said like, Raymond, it is okay to not be okay. It is okay to not be okay. And, you know, I said, thank you. Everything is fine. I just feel a little off. And then on that Monday after the holidays, like I texted her and I said, thank you for letting me know that it's okay to not be okay because I'm not. And I remember specifically in the message, I said, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I have to figure it out. So I sought therapy after, after contemplating, because to be transparent in the Black community, seeing a therapist or seeking any type of assistance or showing any type of emotion except strong is pretty much forbidden. And it doesn't have to be in a particular household. It's just almost like a blanket statement for the whole community, right? And the household that I grew up in, it was encouraged to speak what's on your mind. You know, She always said, you got a mouth, use it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. However, and, and love her to pieces, but she was not, she was not a fan of me going to therapy. Um, and there's a reason I'm saying I'm not calling her out, but there's a reason I'm saying this, but she was not a fan of me going to therapy. So then any thoughts of me going and talking to someone went out the window because I did not think that I needed to go. There was no way that I could go at this point. As the days went on, my moods changed. I went numb. That, that was my mood. I woke up, went to work, came back home, laid on the couch, and did that for months. Did it for months. So I researched therapists and it was very important for me. Um, I wanted to find a Christian therapist because I didn't know I'm a firm believer in Jesus. I'm a firm believer in God. I did not know what was going on there. I didn't know what was going on there. And I knew I needed help in that area as well, because I forgot how to pray. I forgot how to pray. And I remember the last prayer, the last full prayer that I said, I got down on my knees. I was in front of my front door and I said, Lord, you take over because I don't know what else to do. And this next statement is going to sound like, you know, it was just like that. And then I was healed. That's what it took. It took just that for me to start the process. And I'm talking, it took two years for me to get out of this funk, two years for me to get out of this funk. So I went to therapy and the lady spoke to me and, um, when she, when we, you know, introduced ourselves, she encouraged me, you know, saying, you know, this is everything in this room is closed. Uh, everything is here is private. Nothing will get out. And we started to unravel what was going on and I couldn't pinpoint a specific reason why I was there. I just was talking. I just remember talking and saying how I felt in that moment. Everything, like, it was just like word vomit. Everything was coming out, right? And then I just remember I sat there and I just cried. 
and she let me cry for five minutes. And I spoke with her. She gave me exercises. What I thought I had originally went in there for, it was deeper than that. So a part of healing, it might not be that specific issue or that specific thing that you think that you're going to therapy for. Just be prepared. That specific instance might have just been a trigger for you to be like, okay, I'm done. I'm not dealing with this anymore. But there's something deeper. I mean, there are specific situations that the therapist brought up to me that was bothering me when I didn't even know that that was bothering me. Now, I don't know if it was because like I've grown to block things. I don't know if it was something that was just like sitting in the back of my mind and I was just waiting for it to pop up again. But I say all that to say, had I not gone to therapy, I really don't think I would be in the headspace that I'm in now to even speak to you about this. Therapy isn't for just people who had traumatic experiences. Therapy isn't just for someone who is just feeling depressed for a long period of time. Speak to someone. Speak to someone. When we have someone to participate with us in conversation outside of our thoughts, it gives us another perspective. It gives us more understanding. The people, the therapists are trained and they're licensed to help us and, you know, guide us for better health, for mental health. I just posted last week a post about, you know, the, the big, the health journey, you know, that I've been on for 10 years. And for me, it was so much more than just the physical health, which Physically, I ain't trying to do my own horn on your on your podcast, Kevin. But your kids looking good these days. <laughs> but um, mentally, I'm in such a better place because I took care of my mind. And the one quote, and I even put this in the post that my great grandmother um, had told me. I was sitting in her living room. I will never forget it. And she said, "Always take care of your mind because it's the only one you have." And so, uh, and, and that stuck with me and that will always stick with me. And that is so true. Always take care of your mind, whatever it is. When you hear people say, stop pleasing everyone, learn how to say no, set boundaries. You know, these are things that like were preached to me, spoken to me so many times. And it wasn't until recently when it's just like, all right, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. So that was my, my whole spiel about, you know, the healing and the therapy. But yeah, I'm, I'm a huge advocate. And two groups that I want to shout out on this. Black community. It is okay to go see therapy. It is okay to have emotion outside of happiness and outside of being angry. The two emotions that I had, you know, I, and even when I was angry, I tried to, you know, do it in a joking manner. But I'm just going to be honest. Ain't nobody that damn happy all the time. <laughs> the happiness that I was portraying. Now, I love to smile. Like, I'm a genuinely, generally a happy person. But the happiness that I was portraying, mm-mm. ain't nobody that happy all the time. It's not possible. It is not possible. If we were not supposed to experience every single emotion, God wouldn't have given us the opportunity, right? And even though, except anxiety, because that's not of the Lord. However, he, he teaches us how to get through that, right? But uh, in the second group, Men, it is okay to tap into your inner feelings to figure out what is going on. You do not have to be 
ha, ha, all the time for anyone, for your family, for your friends, for your posse, for any group that you're leading, any group that you're participating in. It is okay to not be the one all the time. You don't have to. It might be possible for y'all, but it's not mandatory. Would you agree with that? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes. Because I, I feel like, I mean, I'm not like all the time, but I'm never at all. I was going to say, or at all, but like, I mean, because I am an emotional being. Like, I am one of those men who is very emotional. I feel everything. I have a sensitive, a very sensitive side. Um, I don't want to say like my feelings get hurt easily because I don't think my feelings get hurt easily, but like I am, I do have a bit of a sensitive side. So, and I, I am totally comfortable in saying like, I am not that macho guy and I am okay with that. <laughs> so yeah, definitely seek, you know, therapy. And if you, if, if you feel that you need it, but also like if you need to talk to someone and how to contact someone um, for therapy, please get a hold of me um, at any time. So then you also touched on a point of being deserving. You talked about being deserving of love, being deserving of, you know, a bright future. And that's true. We are. But one thing that I do want to say, I think when we get told no, or when something does not with us, we automatically assume that our book is over, right? That the glossary is written, the indexes, you know, being ready to be printed. And we see people who are thriving in the same thing that we want to do, right? We see someone who is living their life, so to speak. But the only thing that we can look at someone else's life is to see where they are and to see where they've come from. We do not know what they've been through to get there. We don't know what they've endured. We cannot compare our chapter one to someone else's chapter 15. Because I think that we think we see someone and we think that they just automatically stepped in. They just popped in that role. But we don't know the no's that they've gotten. We don't know the rejection that they've gotten. We don't know what loops, crevices, holes, windows that they've had to leap through, that they have to crawl through, that they had to, anyone that they had to speak to to get to where they are. There is one person who I, I enjoy seeing. I enjoy seeing their Instagram posts because they are always living their life. They're always living their life. And I'm always thinking, man, I, I'm trying to live my life like that. I am trying to, it seems like they're li- living freely. And I love that for them. It's like, I'm trying to do that as well. But I also cannot just assume that that's how it happened for them, right? So I can ask, how can I live that life like you? But I have to be careful. I can't just assume that they walked into that lifestyle and then that they've not been through anything. And, you know, automatically think that that I've been slighted because I want to say that to you and to everyone, you know, we're, we're still here, right? We're breathing. So we're already thriving. We have a sound mind. We're able to make decisions. That's a win. We are able to speak to people about what we want. That's a win. So we, I think in, when, when we're thinking of like things that we want to do and things that we want to achieve, always stay hungry. 
but stay humble and stay grateful and thankful because we are blessed. Well, there's a few points that I want to hit on. I, I want to hit on Aunt Luella saying, protect your mind. I want to hit on that because first of all, I want to be very vulnerable. Um, I'm always vulnerable with my listeners about my journey. I'm not ashamed to share details of my story because it's not just about me. It's about helping people. But I'll be very vulnerable and say that lately I've been very depressed. And that's why I've been open about being in therapy. I've been in therapy before, but I just recently, and I mean just recently, like this past week, got back into therapy. I've been very depressed. I work night shift. And when I have long stretches of days off, I'm blessed to get like up to a week off where I don't have to work and I don't have anything to fill my time, I'm often depressed because I have too much time where my mind runs free and I'm on a night shift schedule. So my days and my nights are mixed up. I haven't slept now for days. If you are watching this on YouTube now and you see me sitting here struggling to keep my eyes open, it's because I've barely been to sleep. It's not that I'm not engaged and it's not that I'm not listening. It's that I'm trying to stay awake. I have been so depressed I can't sleep at night and I just go through so many different things in life. I I hit on them a little bit just now talking about deserving happiness. I've been, I think I've been pretty open about this. I may or may not have shared this in my podcast journey or not, but I do suffer from very low self-esteem. I honestly, in the past have felt like I don't deserve things. I don't deserve I very much suffer from comparison. I compare myself to other people and I feel like other people are better than me. I'm still working through that. That's a, you know, that's a character flaw within me. It's probably a trauma response, but I say all of that to say that our Aunt Luella, my great Aunt Luella, his grandma, I'm saying our Aunt Luella, my Aunt Luella, his grandma, excuse me, she said a very beautiful quote that definitely affects both of us and carries us in our life now that she is um, gone in the body, but here in spirit. She said, protect your mind because you only have one. And that's something that's very true. Something that I do even before I've had a podcast is I talk out loud to myself. I used to love when my parents would leave the house and they would always say, do you want to go? And I would say, no, I would stay home by myself and I would talk out loud. And I would call it talking out loud to God. And that's how I would talk myself through situations that I've been through. And that's when the insight, the blessings, the good stuff would come to me. And that's what I do usually late at night when I can't sleep is I talk out loud through the things that I've been through. And it's how I get myself through the hardships that I've been through in life. But it's been harder and harder to kind of navigate through that. But it has gotten me to where I'm at today. And I also say all of that to say that through this journey, I've also been open about pursuing my dreams. Another point, this episode is called Lessons, and we're talking about lessons that we've learned. It's also very hard to pursue your dreams. And I think it's very hard to pursue your dreams the older you get. Me being an aspiring model slash actor slash singer slash somebody who wants to be in the entertainment field. I feel like it's harder to do that as an adult because the industry wants you to be younger. The industry loves children because the younger you are, you know, I don't even have a reason for that, but they just love you to be, they love for you to be younger. They love children. 
So I feel like me, they feel like I'm too old. I feel like my age is like a factor that works against me. And I say all of that to say that it's caused me to kind of have a chip on my shoulder a little bit. Like I'm not good enough. And like, I've waited too long, you know, this, that, and third, but whether I, whether I waited too long or whether I would have done this straight out the gate, it's hard to pursue your dreams. And I'm working a job that I hate. I've been very open about that. I even had a whole episode about it where I talked about how difficult it is working in a job that's mentally taxing and it's toxic. And I just talked about being on night shift. I've been on night shift for the past 13 years of my career, pretty much the whole entire time that I've been a nurse. And it's caused my days and nights to be mixed up. And I just get so tired all the time and just so mentally overwhelmed that I don't even watch TV because I don't want to be stimulated any more than I have to be. I'm very much sensory overloaded. And I'm in a place in my life where I'm trying to fight through this stuff and I'm trying to like pursue my passions and and stuff, but it's very hard. So I do want to right now say that if you're listening to this and you are, you know, going after your dream, don't give up. But it is hard. It is hard to go after your dream. It's it's not easy. But what I've learned is that if it's hard, then that means that it's going to amount to something. What what comes to us easy, I, I don't want to say that it doesn't mean much, but if it comes easily, it doesn't. Typically, if you've had to fight for it, it amounts for a lot more. It means a lot more to you. If it's come to you more easily, then it kind of free flows a little bit more. It kind of goes, falls to the wayside a little easier. It kind of washes through your hands a little easier. But when you've had to really fight really hard to get to where you're at and to really grasp something, you have a strong grip on it and it's not going to leave you so easily. So you just really have to just go through it. And there's really no easy way to do it. There's really no magic potion. You know, I've asked so many people that I admire in life, celebrities and, and regular people, how have you gotten to where you're at? There is no magic potion. There is no magic answer. You just do it. You just go out there and you do it and you just do it. I mean, that's it. That's it. And that's all you, you reach for your dreams and you just keep going until you get there. It's not easy. Life is not easy, but life is worth it. Absolutely. Life is not easy, but it is definitely worth it. I think that we think that life is tragic if we don't have, or like when we don't have a happy day and um, while trials and tribulations are not the greatest, there's always a lesson to find in the song. There's a song that says flowers bloom where rain falls, just keep hold on or keep holding on. When we're trying to pursue our dreams or we're trying to go a step further in what we want to do and we do not get the answer or we don't get the the feedback that we had anticipated and don't think that i'm taking this lightly because i'm not um because again i've been in that situation as well we can't let the no's define the outcome for the rest of our life because if we let one no determine how we are going to be for the rest of our lives we are closing the door to any potential opportunity that is meant for us. And we don't want to do that, right? Um, We want to stay open, stay open-minded, learn from that no. And sometimes it's not us, sometimes it's them. But then like at the same time, like they're not deserving of us if that's the case. So just make sure that we 
keep keep our eyes on the prize, right? Keep focusing on what we need to do to get to where we need to be and taking the proper steps. If one person says no, there's a thousand ready to say yes. We just have to jump into it. And like you said, it doesn't like we have to just do it. So we have to we have to dive in. We can't hold ourselves back because that's what the devil wants us to do, right? That the devil wants us to stop at that no. The devil wants us to not fulfill our dreams. The devil does not want us to live out Jeremiah 29:11, okay? But Galatians 5, 9 says, be not weary in well-doing for in due season, you shall reap if you faint not, right? So we don't want to mess that up. And I think the journey is finding that yes. I think the journey is finding that one yes. It's finding that needle in the haystack. There are billions of people in the world, but all you need is that one yes. yes. Because what's going through my mind right now is I just did a event recently there were literally, I don't know the exact number, but there was about two to 400 people at the event. There was a lot of people. It was a model event. We all got to perform. And then we all got to do an agent meet and greet with agents who basically are the gatekeepers, basically hold the keys to you know, our career, us being able to get into the industry and become model slash actors. Mm-hmm. It's based on us making an impression on them. It's based on us, them basically liking us and wanting to work with us. And in our industry as models slash actors, you get what's called callbacks if they're interested in you. So there's some people that they get all these callbacks, all these callbacks. And then there's me who I'm lucky to get one callback. And I have to take my ego out of it because I'm lucky to get one callback. I should be grateful that I'm getting one callback. But the comparison mindset is these people are getting all of these callbacks and I'm only getting one. Why am I not getting as many as they are? Mm-hmm. Or I'm looking at these other people who are, you know, model-esque, they're gorgeous, they are what they're looking for, and I'm not like them. Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Comparison is the devil. And you can't think like that, but we're human and our flesh is weak. So you do have those moments. Absolutely. So it's very hard, but I think in all of it in life, whether you're in modeling or whatever you're doing, all you have to do is find that one. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm so sorry. I do not mean to have my phone, but I had to pull up the Bible because I said the wrong the wrong chapter. It's Galatians 6, 9, not Galatians 5, 9. So I do apologize. I was not zoning out. Galatians 6, 9, be not weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you fate not. Just had to, just had to clear, clear that up. Um, but as you were saying with only getting one callback, you know, and everyone telling you about other, you know, callbacks, um, again, like you can't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 15 because you don't know how many events that they went to prior to this one for getting multiple callbacks, right? You don't know if they've been there five years, 10 years, 15 years prior than you, you, but you got a callback, right? Exactly. So I think that we need to, I think we need to focus on that one positive because you could have walked out of there and you could have been like, I didn't get no callbacks. You got a callback. I think like to touch on to when you said like comparison, You know, I think in that moment you were comparing what you were doing or what everybody else was doing and what everyone else was saying that they were doing compared to what you were doing. Right. And that is unfair to you in multiple ways. It's unfair to you 
because it may come off that you're not appreciative of the callback that you got. And you're also thieving yourself of the joy of receiving that callback. So you're not going to be fully engaged in the assignments or in the the fruits of the labor that you've been doing to get that callback because you're focusing on everybody else's callbacks. Because just because they, they got a callback, that has nothing to do with your assignment. That has nothing to do with your calling. You're, you, the time that you saw them at that event was probably the last time you're going to see them. So how much validity does them saying they got a callback or what validity do their callbacks hold to your callback? How is their callback going to help boost your career? How is their callback going to help you enjoy your experience in becoming a model, singer, actor, entrepreneur, podcaster, entertainment mogul? Now you could turn it into networking. Hey, I heard you say you got all of these callbacks. Congratulations. What can I do to get noticed by the scouts? What are some techniques that you can share with me that I can do going forward? You can turn every situation. That's, that's how I was saying earlier. You know, there's someone that we grew up with that I just love their lifestyle. Like the way that they travel. Though, I mean, like they just, they are living their life and I love to see it. Hey, how can I, how can I do that? What can I do? you know, to be like that. But we, we have to make sure on our wording because we don't want to, we don't want to slight the life that we've been blessed with. Like you have been on so many calls. You've been filmed in a movie, in a commercial. You walked the runway several times. You have comp cards. You've had multiple photo shoots. You've had multiple photographers, videographers. You're already in the experience, right? You're already doing the work, but I don't think that you were able to see that all the way because you're looking at this person's callback. So while all of these people, like all of this, and y'all probably can't see it over there, but like, you know, say all of this stuff is, and this is perfect seating because Kevin, you're sitting right here. I don't want to turn my face to the camera. You're sitting right here and all of this stuff right here is your photographer, is your videographer, is your makeup artist, is your wardrobe designer, is your planner, is your manager. You know, it's all of that. But you see person A over here, they got this callback from this organization. This person got a callback from that organization. So what are, like, focusing on all of that, what, so what are you saying about all of these people, all of these people who have agreed to invest in you? Is that really fair to them? And when energy, when energy is transferred, when they see that, then they're going to feel that energy that they don't, okay, well, Kevin must not really be in- interested in this. Kevin's not really seeing this. Kevin must not want to do this. So then they're going to back off because they're going to find someone else to be interested in and to be invested. Because in the same sense that you want to be a model in the way that you want to be a singer, this photographer wants to be a photographer. That manager wants to be a manager. That designer wants to be a designer. It's the same dream, just wrapped in a different bow. So when they don't feel fulfilled, just like if you don't feel fulfilled with one assignment, you're going to go to the next, right? So they're going to do the same thing. They're going to go to that person who wants to wear their clothes. They're going to want to go to that person who wants, who is showing interest in doing that makeup or wearing their makeup. They're going to want to go to someone who wants to be managed. And then where does that leave you? Still looking at this callback. But now the difference is this time, you don't have these people to fall back on. 
you don't have these people to appreciate anymore because they felt you didn't appreciate them. So they went on to other clientele. So I think in these moments, like you have to just make sure that you stay focused. Okay. Like I got this one call back. How can I maximize this? Okay, team, let's get to work. What do we need to do? And I think when, when we don't look at, it's, it's hard for us to see how broad everything is because if we're quantifying everything and we're not looking at what's around us, right? Like, I think it's just a show, like, and you all can't see, but like all of the, all of the outfits right there, right? You've at least wore that outfit once for whatever scenario, right? So that right there is a quantification of how many opportunities that you've been involved in. Those shoes, same instance, you've wore those once for each, each occasion, right? So add that to the list. That's it. You can quantify that as, as many opportunities as you've had. But are you, are you really honing in on that? Are you really able to see that? That's a question. Obviously not, you know, and I think that we all are unable to see things from our own point of view versus when somebody else is pointing it out to us. Yes. I think it all is subjective, if that's the word I'm looking for. Absolutely. Because I think naturally we want, we want more than what we're, what we've been given. We don't really feel satisfied until we get the next best thing, but then we're not satisfied again right? We're only satisfied for that moment. And it's like, what, what's next? So that's where comparison is the thief of joy, right? So like, you know, you're talking about one callback and I keep referencing the callback. You're talking about one callback, but there's at least 20 opportunities that you've had. So that's 20 callbacks, maybe in different forms, but you're, you're focusing on this one. I would say that my final thought would be to bet on yourself to take risks and to make opportunities for yourself and to not put all of your eggs in one basket and to not count on anybody else. You have to do it for you. You have to love it for yourself. And then those opportunities will come. And that's with anything in life. Yes. Can you, for for everyone who's listening, can you tell that lesson one more time? You have to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to make your own opportunities. I am a creative and I cannot wait on an agent, an agency, a manager, whomever to create an opportunity for me. I have to create my own opportunities. I have a lot of ideas for projects and I can't wait on somebody to give me the opportunity to create them. I have to create them and put them out there myself and take a bet on myself. That's how a lot of people have gotten their own start. I always reference Issa Rae. That's how she's become the mogul that she has become today. She took a risk on herself and now she's a media mogul. You have to do that in life. You don't have to be. And I also reference Kiki Palmer. She has this beautiful quote that she says, everything doesn't have to be this big, big orchestra to be seen. It could just be Whatever you, whatever you create is worth viewing. Just create it, just do it. And then the opportunities will come. And that's a lesson for myself as well as whoever's listening that's going through what I'm going through. You just have to do it. You know, I don't want to share my projects with the audience yet. I want you guys to stay tuned. But there's a lot of things that I have in the works that I want to create. And what I'm having to tell myself because I do get caught up in stuff like we all do is I have to just do it. I have to just create it and then just put it out. 
And then it doesn't have to be with a big label or with a big, you know, agency or with a big whatever. It doesn't have to be with a big film company or what have you. I can put it out myself independently and then offers can come. Because at the end of the day, ownership should be the goal. You should want to own your own art. You shouldn't want somebody to make money off of your ideas and then to capitalize off of that and you're left with nothing. That's what a lot of artists in our days and back in the day, or excuse me, in our day and back in the day, that's where they get caught up is they're so pressed to be seen and to be signed that they they sign these bad deals because they're not, they don't own it anymore. They don't own their art. So that that is my final thought. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with the audience for this episode? What lessons have we not covered any lessons that you feel are important in life thus far that you just want to hit on or anything that you feel is important that we've talked about already that you just want to highlight? Now he said, I got to have a final thought, meaning I'm getting kicked off the stage. So I better <laughs> maximize my time while I can. Well, one, one lesson that has really been sticking with me uh, lately is being authentically yourself. I have, I have such appreciation of where I am in life as far as who I am. And I have to thank everybody that's in my life for that, right? You know, earlier in the, earlier in the episode, I was talking about, you know, when we were on the therapy segment, I was talking about, you know, men being macho and, you know, you have to be, and you know how that's not me. Sometimes I think that we think we have to act a certain way to make it, whether it be in our career, whether it be in our dreams, whether it just be in society. But I have learned that I have such a solid group of people around me who just, love me for me. And I don't have to put on any fronts. I don't have to be, I don't have to put on any airs, you know, to be accepted by anyone. I can act loud. I can act wild and rambunctious and I can not be and be loved just the same as anyone would, is anyone who would act of those certain ways. And I do think being authentically yourself will open so many doors for you in the future as far as wherever you want to go and who you want to be around because those who are meant to be in your life will stick around or they will attract you if you've not found them. It is so easy to appropriate for other people. Um, Sometimes we put those appropriations on ourselves. Sometimes it's not even expected of someone, but we think so because of, you know, their demeanor or, you know, however they said, or like a catchphrase that they put out in there or put out there that we feel that we have to act a certain way or be of a certain, a certain type, but be authentically you, you will appreciate it. You will appreciate yourself more um, when you are no longer putting on a facade of how you feel that you should act. You're going to learn so much about yourself and so many things that you're going to appreciate about yourself and what makes you unique from anybody else and find reasons why people love you and also find reasons that you love you. So definitely be yourself in anything and everything. And don't let anyone rob you of anything that you are or who you are because you know who you are and who you are. I know that's right. I know that's right. That was, I think that's my final thought, baby, or I can go on. You let me know. This is your platform. You set the tone. You tell me what to do. I think that was a good final thought. (laughs) Always be yourself. That is always a great lesson. I just want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Raymond for joining me. I have this vision for 
sharing lessons that I've learned. I always like to reflect and yeah, it's always hard for me to organize and gather my thoughts. So I'm grateful to have somebody here to help me do that along the way. I just want to say um, thank you for listening so far for two seasons. I do have some exciting things coming along the way. I have some changes also coming along the way. I just want to ask that you please stay tuned. I do have some special segments coming that I don't want to announce just yet, but I just hope that you'll stay tuned for that. And I will say that I do have some visual episodes coming soon and I do have season three coming along the way in 2024. So be on the lookout for that. This is wrapping right around the holiday season. So happy holidays to you and yours. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. All of that. Much love. Many blessings. Uh, This has been another episode of Cultivation with Kevy. And until next time, thank you so much. Take care and God bless. Thank you for being here. Much love. See you all.